PCS Podcast, Thursday, April 11th, 2019. It's Ian again, coming at you live from Menifee, California. Parked in the LA Fitness parking lot right now. I'm going to go to the gym after we record this. Going to do a cardio grinder session or something like that. Something to keep me uh, relatively fit and not gaining too much weight from all the junk food I'm eating. I made cookies last night and I had about, God, man, maybe eight of them since now. Uh, between uh, last night and right now. So it's time to play catch up. Time to get on the rowing machine. Time to do something uh, to better my health instead of instead of eating cookies. But um, driving home from work just now, right now, I stopped and uh, the car's on. I'm in an air-conditioned car right now because it's pretty hot. So if there's a little noise in the background besides the, uh, the bed, um, it's the air conditioner. It's kind of running. You know what, I was driving to work today and I was, I hit every green light, every green light. It took me like 37 minutes to get to, to work, and normally it's about 50. Every single green light. Have you guys ever hit every green light on like on a trip that you were going to work or to, to go pick some up, go to the grocery store? It's like the best feeling, the best. You save like tons of time. You just feel like you're never hitting the brake, you're just coasting all the way to your destination. Super neat, I was stoked. I got to work all, all uh, spunky. Took care of some, uh, some items I had to do contacted my distributor about Wonka again to see what's what um, and uh, started the countdown clock till tomorrow's Wonka stream by Buffalo Pinball so the reveal's happening as we all know Buffalo Pinball on Twitch don't miss it um, what pinball talk topics do we have today yesterday I went home and as, as I was mentioning I played some Maiden and I really enjoyed it dang that game is just the best game of the year um, fantastic game four flipper game how much fun is that Goodness. Um, I also played Roadshow. Roadshow. Um, and I reviewed that briefly, but man, the game is excellent. It's got that candy cane uh, sort of lane up in the, in the middle left to the, to the left flipper, the mini flipper. Super neat. I mean, it's just so much fun. You know what I did also? I watched a show called Balls of Poppin'. It was on Prime Video, and has anybody seen it? It's really neat. Um, it's, a, it's about the Pacific Pinball Museum. Uh, balls of poppin it's like the battle to save the pacific pinball museum so the guys like collection they got a collection donated to them by a fellow an older fellow i want to say his name is conger c-o-n-g-e-r and and real nice guy he had like something like a thousand pinballs and he, he basically willed them to the museum and the museum put them on site at their their location um the documentary was pretty cool man it was really neat to meet some of the artists in the documentary and the the curators the treasurer was on there too doing interviews but they were showing this uh this this segment where they were getting a an old beatdown library from like the city of alameda up north and that this is in northern california of course and the city was voting to authorize that they were able to lease it for like nothing it was like a dollar a year they got like a 30-year lease on this library's facility so they got to use, they got free rent to put all their pinballs in and have a neat museum. I've not been there. I really want to go. I hope they're still in the museum because that'd be neat. An old, an old museum, like a public, beautiful public building just not being used. And what better, you know, to use empty public space for than pinball? I think I would vote for that. 
I would totally vote for that. In fact, if Menifee has a, a some sort of legislation up for something like that, I'm voting for it. I'm voting for it. I'll even put one of my pinballs in there as long as I can collect 50-50 on it. So, yeah, it was cool. I really was interested. Check it out. It's on Amazon uh, Prime Video. Balls a-poppin'. Really neat. Um, what's going on with... Uh, what did I see today? I saw my friend Robbie's Brotherhood of Pinball YouTube channel. You can check it out. Subscribe. He's, he has some neat videos. What did he have on there? He had a miniature virtual pl uh, pinball machine. Real small. It's about the size of a... Geez, maybe... 12 to 14 inches long by like 7 inches high the back box goes a little higher but it's an identical replica of Centaur and he, he let me play it at the Museum of Pinball on Saturday during the tech day we had a lot of fun I, I had a really good game on Centaur incidentally on the virtual pin and it was really cool man it's just super neat the guy who makes it's out of like the east coast somewhere I think his name is Scott and uh, Robbie will post the link to his to the to this fella or his email address on the video but uh, go check out the video. It's it's really incredible. He does an unboxing video of this miniature pinball. They assemble it. It's really uh, it's really something. But really, I think I'd love to own one of those someday. I told him myself in the comments. I said, man, one day, as soon as I pay off my Wonka, maybe that's my next machine. But um, looking forward to it. I'm even in the video playing Centaur. He, he filmed a snip of me out there. But uh, that was um, something I'm looking forward to maybe in the future getting. My friend Nick out here in Canyon Lake, he built a full-size virtual pinball got like 200 games on it maybe maybe not 200 but a ton of games um, it feels looks it's a wide body it looks and feels like real pinball he's got solenoids and the flipper buttons to to sort of mimic that coil strike and I've played it countless well not countless times probably a couple different uh, evenings we've been invited over there and I've really enjoyed it in fact I think two or three of our friends in our pinball circle have also built replicas just like Nick's model I've got a friend out here named Scott who builds the cabinets that are wide bodies or standard bodies, whichever you want, and he sells them on Craigslist. So he's building incredible Williams uh, cabinets, incredible exact quality, exact specification, something really cool to have a friend who's so good at stuff like that. I mean, I feel blessed because I've got friends who can do whatever the heck, I mean, just amazing things. They can build pinball machines. It's like, man, that's, that's a cool friend to have, man. <laughs> I feel uh, I'm really grateful for that. In fact, I bought a machine off my friend Nick, which is how I, I met him in the first place. I bought Roadshow off him, and we became friends. And he got me involved with the Museum of Pinball. He said, "Hey, come, come see what you want to, if you want to tech with us." And I said, "Sure," but I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, "Well, listen, I'll try to teach you." So he he uh, fostered my my knowledge and fostered my learning experience. Um, and truly, he still does. I mean, there's not I don't know it anywhere near as much as they do, but. I was so grateful for that. He took time out of his teching day to help me learn and teach me things, and I feel stoked because I can fix a, a machine here and there, you know, something that's mid-level or, or easy enough, you know. I can get in there and, and try to test it and make it work again. So I'm really uh, I'm pumped about that. You know, we're going to follow format a little bit today. My pinball memory for the day, if I'm doing a, we're doing a little pinball pod pursuant to the format we kind of introduced on. Um, I think there's a cool gaming memory that I have when I was a kid and pinballs involved, but when I was a kid, they, they had this arcade called Boomers or Family, it was called the Family Fun Center, it was in Vista, California, then they changed it to Boomers, I was probably at 13 years old or 14, and they had $10 Tuesdays, so you'd go in there and they'd turn everything to free play, and then you'd pay your 10 bucks, and you'd go get to play whatever games you want, you know, until whenever they closed, it was like 5 to 10 p.m., 
So we'd go out there, my mom would like drop us off, we'd get our $10, and we didn't have any other money. We weren't, you know, I didn't have a lot of money growing up at that age. I, I didn't really work yet. I was pretty sparse when it, came to, when it came to disposable income, but I had 10 bucks to play games. And it was obviously the arcade section with the pinballs. They had like six machines up top, upstairs. So I got to play all I wanted of Metal Slug and, and Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and Bubble Bobble, Dig Dug, Donkey Kong. I just played till I was just, my eyes were bleeding. And then I, I also mixed it up with pinball. And they had a pinbot there. They had an Adams Family. They had a Terminator 2. They had a couple other ones. Gosh, what were they? I think they had an Indiana Jones pinball adventure. Um, they had a Star Trek Next Generation, which I never played. You know why I never played the Star Trek? Because it was too difficult for me. And the same with Indiana Jones. I couldn't stand those games because I felt like they were so unfair. And, and I was just, just a really bad player. But, you know, I tried my best, and I was just too young to really get the coordination thing going. I, but I loved playing. I just freaking loved it. And all you could eat pinball was something that I was like, heck, yeah, 10 bucks, no, no problem. I'll play 10 games. I'll play 20 games. I'll play 20 games in an hour. So if I spend five hours there, that's almost 100 games. So it's, it's a great memory I have. I'll just never forget it, going up there and just feeling the thrill, hearing all the machines you know, going off, and there was nobody there. I mean, I never had to wait in line. I just go right up, play any game, any of those, any of that lineup. But it was true, this was in the, this would have been in like 96, 1996, 97, when pinball was making sort of a resurgence. But even still, these arcades didn't carry that many pinball games. It was mostly videos, right? And I think we all know by now that the economic side of things just didn't lend itself to arcades installing them in their locations because it was just not monetarily, I guess, feasible anymore. They weren't necessarily making the kind of money they used to, and the maintenance was so much. So it, it was certainly cut back significantly from what I was used to in, in the early 90s as well as the late 80s when I was 7 and 8 years old. So um, it was a unique experience nonetheless. An opportunity to play any location unlimited is truly something I relish. Um, they, have a, they have a location in Cala Mesa, California, over by the Museum of Pinball, not too far from there, called Retro Vault. It's owned by a guy named Bob Elsom. I think he's British. He's a really nice guy. He bought a, a video game off me one time. But it's called Retro Vault. They're open on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think they're closed Monday, Tuesday. Um, and their hours are pretty cool and pretty late. But they have like 24 pins and you pay by the hour. So you get 10 bucks an hour, you go in and play all you want. And I've been there quite a few times and his lineup is exceptional. And he maintains his machine so well. And his video game collection is, is just as impressive. The guy has like these beautiful arcade, you know, restorations that he's done. So Donkey Kong, Mario, uh, Street Fighter, he has Asteroids, he's got Cabal, he's got uh, star, a couple Star, star Wars games. Hey, I mean, his collection's fantastic, but they're all so pristine. That's what really gets me. I go in there, I'm like, look at the colors of this T-molding. It's all fresh. Look at the paint. Look at the decals. It's fresh. He did. He totally refreshed his video games. I mean, it's super fun to go play games anyway, right? And in any, any condition, but when you get a chance to play something that's in that great a shape and is that responsive and that functional, it's like this is just like a brand new game. It's just a really neat thing. Um, we're gonna. I'd like to do a quick touch on the expo this year, Arcade Expo 5.0. We had our, our Arcade Expo. I was teching for part of the event, but let me tell you a little bit about it. And if you haven't been to one, you gotta go. So we show up on, uh, on our, at the Arcade Expo as volunteers. We wear our volunteer technician shirts and we help people out with whatever they need. 
and the Arcade Expo has 500 pinballs and at least and 550 video games all on free play and you buy your ticket you go in there and you get to do whatever you want you get to play as much as you want there's no quarters there's no nothing like that so I get to work these events and I get to take off my tech t-shirt and play them too because they give us a wristband for for volunteering and uh, this year as well as last year's Arcade Expo there was the Kong off the Donkey Kong World Championships and you know the top guys are there Eric Tesler uh, Jeff Wolf, uh, Billy Mitchell, Richie Knuckles runs it and he also participates. Billy Mitchell's son, Billy Jr. was there competing, had a great score. Um, who else? Uh, gosh, David Clark I think is his name. Dave Clark actually won it and he's like, he's never won anything like that. He, uh, he, he upset everybody. Oh no, no, he beat, excuse me, he beat Billy Mitchell in an upset victory and he lost in the finals to Jeff Wolf. Jeff Wolf was an, an older gentleman, really nice guy, gray, really long gray hair. So he's like the gray-haired Billy Mitchell. But exceptional dude, really cool. I got a chance to meet him, and he was telling me about strategy and how he, you know, what happens when someone dies, is if it's human error or if it's really random. And he was really, he was super neat dude. He went over, he went over a bunch of stuff with me, and I was so curious, you know, I was picking his brain. And I got a chance to meet Eric Tesler, who's a local to Southern California. Um, and I was telling him how excited I was. I said, man, it's so much fun to watch you guys play and the top players in the world. I mean, has, has anybody who's listening ever had a chance to watch someone who's the best at what they do from five feet away while they do it? I mean, that's a unique opportunity. I really relished it. I really appreciated it. And these guys were so gentle and nice and, and so uh, gracious with their time and conversation. Um, the only guy who really wouldn't talk me up was Robbie Lakeman. He was the, the three-time national champ or, or the two-time champ going for his three-peat. And I said hi to him, and he wasn't really in the mood, I guess. Maybe he was just in the zone. So I didn't really want to bother him and, and chat him up because it looked like he was business only at that point. But I, uh, I, respected, um, I respected that. I actually got a signed poster by everybody, and he had already signed it. So it was cool. I got his autograph. Um, something really neat. I'll never forget that, Kong Off. It was, it was cool. My father went. We got a chance to hang out and bond and watch the championships. So the Arcade Expo kept going in uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I camped out Saturday night with my dad. We went to the, uh, the venue early that morning on Sunday and got a chance to play a ton more. Then I put my tech shirt back on and started working. But we did a tech tournament with all the techs, the techs who uh, wanted to pay $5. We had three games that were selected from our collection and we picked three gambling themed games. One was Riverboat Gambler. The other was High Roller Casino, and the final game was Captain Card, an electromechanical game. And so the rules were, pay your five bucks, and uh, the high score in each game gets a third of the cut, because it's three games, three cuts, right? So I thought I would do okay. I'm, I'm a decent player, so I, th I figured I'd put up maybe one. I felt, I felt like I could do one out of the three, you know? I was pretty confident. But we got, I got smoked, and uh, I was not afraid to, I was not too uh, proud to admit it, man. I got just outplayed all weekend long. I don't know what it was. I wasn't in the zone. I just couldn't ever get in the zone for pinball that week. And I, I loved the times I had and the fun that I had playing. But I couldn't really get a good high score the whole weekend. Uh, I think the one score I put up was on a game called Laser Ball, which is an old Williams game. It's a wide body, exceptional game, fantastic art, tons of shots, tons of really cool lanes. It's got these left out lane uh, kickers. Um, that are they, they, the ball rests in the left outlet and then it stalls and then it kicks back out every time So it's kind of like a hold for about three seconds, but laser ball check that one out if you get a chance another another game I uh, I love is laser Q another laser game. There's a bunch of laser games aren't there laser ball laser Q laser wars 
gosh, what else? There's got to be one more laser game. But uh, I've played all those laser games. They're fun. Um, but yeah, so we, I didn't, I didn't make any money in the tournament, but I had a ton of fun and I met more of our techs that were kind of newer and some that I hadn't met before. So it was a really fun opportunity to mix it up with them about, you know, our tournament and just kind of BS and shoot the crap with them. It was fun. It was a great, it was the best expo by far. We had a ton of people there. A lot of vendors were there. Marco Specialties was there. Dirty Donnie Gillies was there, the artist for uh, Metallica. He did, um... Aerosmith as well, Cosmic Carnival coming up. He's, an, he's a fantastic artist and a neat guy. He's also got a YouTube channel. If you haven't seen it, check him out. Go search for him. I'm not the I'm not sure about the exact name of it, but he won't be hard to find because he's he's a world renowned artist and he's now he's top you know top five pinball artist for sure. He's Metallica is his signature machine. So uh, what else do we have today? What's our cool stuff topic today? What's our cool stuff topic? How about how about um, how about cooking? Does anybody out there cook? I cook I cook a lot. I'm really into it. It's, it's kind of a hobby of mine. But obviously, it's not just a hobby. It's a way to live. Um, what's my favorite thing to cook? I love to cook Mexican food. I think it's it's just I'm a Rodriguez, so I, I think it kind of is in my blood to cook Mexican. I love to cook Mexican. I love the flavors. I love using Camino. I love making pork chili verde. What's so fun about cooking? It's like you turn the music on in your kitchen on your Bluetooth, whatever pumps you up, you get your ingredients out and you start going, but I think I always have to have music playing when I'm doing it. It drives me, it kind of motivates me to, to get moving, right? And get my cooking started. Uh, but I love sitting in the kitchen with music turned up, prepping a nice dish, getting it finished or throwing it on the pot and just kind of letting it cook for hours and hours if it's a slow cooked barbacoa or like a pork chili verde or like a chicken mole. Um, either way, man, I love, I love cooking. I love to go in the kitchen and do that exact process. It's just something that refreshes me and it makes it so that I'm not thinking about, you know, things I have to do. This is something I want to do. It's a hobby of mine. Tech, I even like to go to the grocery store and kind of just look for things that I'm going to cook, like be a little creative, open my mind a little bit and say, okay, well, how am I going to use this? How am I going to use that? So if you're not into cooking, I suggest you, you know, watch the Food Network, man. It's fun. It's motivating. And they'll teach you some basic stuff, and you'll learn quick. The learning curve's kind of steep at the beginning, but once you get your feet under you, it's really fun. Cooking is it's, it's a way of life for me. And I, I recommend anybody, especially if you're trying to eat healthier and maybe you're trying to get fit or something, if you're cooking for yourself, you know exactly what's going in there, and you can really monitor your diet a lot better and a lot easier. Um, not to mention you're going to save a lot of money from as opposed to going out to eat because going out's costly We all know that so cooking that's my uh, that's my cool stuff topic of the day um, Again, my favorite stuff to cook is Mexican because it's quick It's easy and it's cheap and I can eat very healthy that way for, for not a whole lot of money, you know uh, What's our next review? It's our review Well, I will I, I did review Robbie's uh, virtual pinball machine briefly. I think it was amazing the, if you check it out and go buy one from this guy named Scott, you'll notice it's a virtual pin, so it's not exact, but it's so close and it's so much fun that it's good enough to have on my office and on my desk, you know what I mean? Good enough. Um, and I love all pinball. Virtual pin, real pin, um, pinball arcade. I don't care. I love it all. I'll take any machine. If anybody's giving away a machine that they don't want anymore because it's garbage to them, I will take it. And I guarantee I won't think it's garbage because I love all pinball machines. I just, I get a huge kick out of it. So what did I play recently? Um, played Monster Bash Remake, another game in my collection. Excellent game. The art, absolutely amazing. Chicago gaming remakes are, st are simply exquisite. I don't know what else to say. 
The play fields are just mirror finish. Beautiful clear coat. Different than Stern. They use a different printing process for their play fields, as you may have heard. But you buy this game. I, I had it new in box in December, right? Delivered to my garage. And uh, I had a big year last year um, in, in pinball. I bought a new Maiden in June, and a new, and I bought a Judge Dredd in July. I used one, of course. Um, and then I bought the Monster Bash in December. So 2018 was a very good year for me, pinball-wise. Um, heck, it was a great year anyway, no matter what, even pinball or otherwise. It was a fantastic year. But I picked up the Monster Bash remake in 2018 in December. On December 21st, I got it. Arrived at my door, and guess what December 21st is? It's my birthday. So how amazing is that? I got a, <laughs> I got a pinball delivered on my birthday to my garage while I sat there waiting for the truck driver. He showed up late. I opened this thing up. I said, hey, every, everything cool? Beautiful, man. We, we've set it up, or at least I did with my friend Eric, and we played it. And initial first impressions were this game looks freaking amazing. The art, is, we all know the art. It's gorgeous. It's colorful. It's very purple and very blue. Um, I love that. I love blue. It's my favorite color. Um, so the lights on this thing, they have LED lights, okay, on Monster Bash Remake. And we did a short stream um, on uh, Robbie's uh, Twitch stream, Brotherhood of Pinball Twitch stream, from my garage for this machine, so you can go check that out. But check out the lights on the Remake, all right? What did they do? They, had, they have LED light boards under and LED socket inserts otherwise, right? So underneath the playfield, you have that. And the GI... Um, is, I don't think it's bulbs, I think it's boards again, but, excuse me, so, what do you get? You get these LEDs, right, so you're thinking, oh, LEDs, it's going to change the look of the game, I don't know, I like it more traditional, I understand that position, I've heard it a million times, I tend to agree, which is why I put warm light LEDs on my roadshow, however, what did Chicago Gaming do? They literally made their LED um, playfield lights and in the, in the inserts and everything else look exactly like incandescent and they even have like a weird flicker to them and kind of a fade so they programmed something or however they did it was brilliant simply brilliant it doesn't look at all like a monster bash original which has leds in it it looks like a monster bash original with incandescent and they're just a little brighter but the look and the feel of them is identical it's amazing if you haven't seen it go youtube it go check it out or go find one on location and go play it so first thing that caught me was the art and the lighting, of course. Second thing, Chicago Gaming um, has a, what's the, I got the, the, the classic edition, okay? Not the special, not the limited. I got the classic, which is the bottom line. Stainless steel trim, stainless steel legs. Um, and so I'm looking at the DMD. I'm like, what's the DMD going to be? It's green. It's green dots. And I was like, oh, that's neat. They didn't go with the original orange, right? That's a cool little upgrade. I consider myself lucky. I was like, heck yeah, give it a little fresh, you know, look, the brand new one, the remake, give it a fresh look. How cool is that, right? So it's kind of a bonus. Um, uh, let's move on. What do they have? The sound system was amazing. They got the new menu system, of course. Or I guess it's the old one, but it's in a new computer. Um, they have the, uh, the updates are, are attainable through their, their program, their software, which is a micro USB. But let's get to gameplay. The flippers feel identical to a Williams flipper, Bally Williams in the 90s. If you've ever played a Bally Williams from the 90s, they're very light touch flippers, which I freaking love. I love that I barely have to hit that button, and it's depre that it depresses the button and fires the flipper. And the action and the feel of the flippers, the coils, how they fire, is identical. It feels just like a brand new Williams. I can't get enough of it. I tell all my friends, I say, flip this game. It flips just like an old Williams. It feels the exact same, except, of course, this is a brand new machine. So I'm amazed that, that Chicago Gaming was able to replicate the exact look 
the exact feel and the exact lighting of the gameplay and, and, and the look, right? It's like amazing, amazing. Um, so the play field is identical, obviously. I had a small problem out of box with a bulb. So they, I, I emailed uh, Chicago Gaming. They sent me a brand new bulb and a brand new board just in case, which was awesome. Had a little problem with the ramp on the left side. They sent me a brand new, brand new ramp, which was kind of a ramp guard or a ball guide on the left side for the Bride of Frankenstein ramp. That was cool. So um, long story short is we played the game. It's fantastic. We all know the game. The shots are amazing. It's such a shooter's game. The, uh, the orbital is a stopper orbital, a non-go-through orbital until you get into the wolf mode. The ramps are ramps. They're, it's a Gomez game. Great, great ramps, great shots. A nice gut shot up the middle to hit the spinner. An incredible scoop to the left of the right ramp to start your monster bash and to start your monster mosh pit multi-ball and to start your Dracula and to start your mummy mummy mode. I mean, this, this machine is fantastic. The Frankenstein bash toy is gorgeous. Gorgeous replica. The uh, Bride of Frankenstein in the back who talks and her head uh, goes up and down. Fantastic. Just a really fun experience. And it was really my first chance to get into the game very deep. Um, and I still haven't beat it yet, which is good because it's a challenging game. Um, what I did was I pulled out the rubbers off the, uh, uh, the outlanes so it's a more slippery outlane on each side. I wanted to get my game to feel a little bit more like a tournament game because I played in-disc uh, this year in 2019 and I, and I got my butt kicked. So I wanted to get a little bit more tournament play ready and what better way to do that than make your game a little steeper and to pull the rubbers off the outlanes. So, um, you know, overall I just love the game. If I'm giving it a score out of 10, I'm giving Monster Bash Remake a, an eight and a half out of 10. The only reason why it would might be deducted is just because it is a remake and the playfield's not original. And so um, the playfield layout gets a little repetitive, but I think I love the shots enough and I love Gomez enough to just cherish this game for a really long time. So my new in-box purchases, Iron Maiden Premium and Monster Bash Remake, I won't sell those for a very, very, very long time. I got a friend, Pete, who thinks he's going to buy my Monster Bash soon. I, he, he keeps saying, take care of my game for me, and I'm like, love you, man, but uh, guess what? This game's going to be in my garage till 2025 at least, so... Uh, you better just go buy one from Chicago Gaming right away because it's not coming. It's not coming to your garage. Okay, so what game have I not played? Um, Oktoberfest. I've seen the videos. It's being shipped as we speak. Um, so I will provide my my thoughts without playing it. Obviously, playing it changes everything. But man, that game looks amazing. Amazing. The art's all colorful and happy and bright, which I love. That's why I love roadshow art so much. It's so positive and so uplifting. Um, it's well lit. Um, so that's the art. The code looks great. There's 13 modes. Um, looks like a fun shooter. The very, very steep ramp on the left side to the roller coaster is amazing. It's a first for, that I've seen. It's like a neat roller coaster. Kind of like Roller Coaster Tycoon. It has the very, very high ramps. Really fun to watch that ball descend from the ramp. I'm looking forward to playing it. It's got the mag, the magnab, the magnetic stopper on the upper right flipper. So you can just grab the ball set it up and fire it off your upper right flipper into the uh, auto ramp which is the side entry ramp kind of like dialed in has uh, star trek um other other games tons of other games really um but it's got that side ramp and that magnetic stopper so you can have an easier time hitting it i'm really excited to play the game um the music's pretty neat it's very kind of polka and then it goes to like a high intensity rock riff kind of cool um, I really, I just love how there's, there's neat integration with Oktoberfest. Like, 
the beer mode, the food mode. They have calorie counters. So when you're just going around this festival eating and drinking and you're like counting calories and you're not allowed to count, you're not allowed to eat anymore after you reach a certain limit on calories. It's a cool thing. I'm impressed with that. It's to me, it's unique. It's new. And I appreciate new, unique features. Uh, they have, so the ramp on the left side, here's another thing. It's a, it's a basically not, it's like the ramp on, what is it? Um, uh, walking dead. So it lifts up and lifts down. So access to the ramp is denied until the ramp flap goes down to access the ramp. That's cool. Before then, it's an orbital shot, right? Really, really neat. I'm looking forward to more games like that. I think you have two shot opportunities there, right? And why not create more shots when you can by enacting a ramp flap? I, I just see it as like kind of like an easy one for, for designers. Like, hey, we can add a shot. How do we do that? Well, we do a ramp flap. And we use the space for another shot underneath the ramp. Why not, right? More is better, man. More is better. More is more to me on pinball play fields. I don't like it cluttered necessarily, but I like more shots. Whenever they can do them and make it still functional and super good and enjoyable and fun, just do it. Just do it. It's not a huge risk. I think you're giving the buyer more for their money. But Oktoberfest is chock full for the buyer. It's full. It comes with art blades now, which is killer. It's got a powder-coated uh, armor as well. What else does this game have? Oh, it's got magnets all under the play field. So the magnets moving the ball around here and there, kind of like Houdini. American Pinball is going to really get some... I think they're going to sell a ton of these. Because the story goes that at Texas Pinball Festival, everybody was playing Oktoberfest. And the story continues with all the podcasters that I've heard since then, that Oktoberfest was the big surprise. The big surprise, why? Because it played really well. It was their second real shot at this release because they released it uh, in October last year, but it wasn't, it was a prototype. Here they go again, right? So everybody was surprised that it was, it, it had such a huge following and such a big line and crowds descending on the American pinball booth all the time. That's encouraging to me. Why is that encouraging to me? I think that I want American pinball to kick butt. I think we all do, but I'm excited to see what else they're going to make. I think it's just so much fun to have another a big player like them involved. So much opportunity for us to enjoy more pinballs. I'm excited for them. So I think they're going to kick a lot of butt on that on that title. I think the Museum of Pinball will have one very shortly. I have uh, information that the Museum of Pinball is also going to have a Pirates of the Caribbean, although that's not confirmed. But hopefully in the next two months we'll have both of those machines and we'll be able to play the heck out of them and check them out and get a little more in-depth review after we have a chance to play it. What's good today? Uh, podcasts. I, I heard the Twip podcast just now. Uh, it was the April 9th podcast, I believe. Really enjoyable. Zach Meany's back. I guess it was an April Fool's joke that Dennis Creasel was taking over and his co-host. So that was cool. I'm glad because I like Zach Meany. I think he's a neat host. He's got an interesting take. He's got a, lot, a couple cool ideas, so I enjoy it. I also obviously get a lot of great news from his podcast. He had a guest host on today. I want to say his name was Jeff something or... I can't remember. I apologize. Um, but uh, good co-host, real fun, fun conversation they had. They talked about TPF. They talked about the Twippies. It was cool. It was fun to revisit. Of course, Game of the Year went to Iron Maiden. And owning that game, I get a smile on my face every time I hear that. I really love the game. My favorite game of all time. Um, whatever their information has came out, has come out. Well, obviously, we have Wonka coming tomorrow. They're shipping Black Knight right now. Um, like I said, you need to buy that game if you're not going to buy Wonka because it's a thrilling game and you got to play it and you got to love it. I think it's just so, there's so much to like there. Um, 
what's the news? What's coming up? So they have the Midwest Gaming Classic. Don't miss the streams. Don't miss the release news. But check out what else there is they have to offer. What other information is coming out of there? Um, the streams we've already mentioned. Um, let's see here. What other information? Um, mark your calendars. If you're not gonna, if you haven't occupied your time yet for October, mark your calendars for Pinball Madness at the Museum of Pinball in Banning, California. It's gonna happen somewhere in maybe the 18th of October range. Uh, I think that's the date. So mark your calendars, stay posted, go to museumofpinball.com to check out their webpage for when the next event will be. I will be volunteering there, of course, since I am a volunteer tech for them, and all my friends will be there with me. So it'll be a great time. We'd love to see you out there. Um, let's see here. You know, I don't have much else today. My note sheet was fairly brief, but look at this. We have our 32-minute podcast, the longest one yet. I appreciate you listening. I hope you'd enjoyed it. Um, next, uh, next podcast you'll hear will probably be Saturday and, um, we will be doing a review of the stream. Wonka's coming folks. Save your money. Get ready. Thanks for listening.